The Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas is proud to present the Boots on the Boulevard Concert Series during Rodeo Week with Chase Rice, Lady Annabellum, Dwight Yoakam, and Justin Moore. Rodeo Week never sounded so good. With the best live country music at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas this December. Tickets on sale this Friday at 10 a.m. featuring Chase Rice, Lady Annabellum, Dwight Yoakam, and Justin Moore. More acts announced soon, but don't wait. Go to CosmopolitanLasVegas.com to book your experience. Boots on the Boulevard at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. If you feel there's more to life than iPhones and iPads and mindless consumerism, if you're open to receiving information in all forms in any number of ways, if organized religion, organized political movements, and any kind of collectivism doesn't just quite cut it for you, if you engage in critical thinking, if you think for yourself, if you have peace and love in your heart and Jack Daniels in your bloodstream, if you believe that seriousness is a disease, if you're curious, then come, let us go on a journey together as we explore the outer limits of inner truth. Welcome to the Outer Limits of Inner Truth radio show, OuterLimitsRadio.com. I'm your host, Ryan. Tonight, we are going to be featuring another exclusive interview with Mr. Chung Fu, an ascendant being from the White Brotherhood who has been bringing his teachings to humanity for the last 50 years. Mr. Fu is currently being channeled through Sally Pullinger. And we are going to begin the interview by talking with Ms. Pullinger for at least 35, 40 minutes. Then we're going to talk to Mr. Fu. And then we're going to have our virtues, Ms. Carrie O'Connor, Ms. Laura Lynn, and Ms. Lisa Kaza, ask Mr. Fu some questions. So, without further ado... The Outer Limits of Inner Truth proudly presents the second interview with Mr. Chung Fu. Joining us now, we have the great honor of welcoming, welcoming back to the program, Ms. Sally Pullinger. She Hi, is, Ryan. Hey, how are you? She is a metaphysical teacher. She is a channeler of Mr. Chung Fu. And you can learn more about her and Mr. Fu by going to their website at Deep soulconnection.com Welcome back to the program, Sally. How are you? I'm doing really well. Thank you, Ryan. How are you? I'm doing unbelievable. And to let you and to re-remind the listeners that the first interview that Mr. Fu did on the Out of Limits radio show was so well received, we got a tremendous response and feedback from it, and it was one of the most popular shows we've done, so we can't express our, our deep thanks for the opportunity to have you back on the show again. Excellent. I'm delighted. Hello, America. That's right. <laughs> As they say at Glastonbury Festival, where we are. Hello, Glastonbury, they all say. <laughs> Sally, we've, um, some of the questions we'd like to ask you are this. is As you've been opening up and you have been channel- channeling Mr. Fu over the course of several years, are there other spirits that see or sense your vibrational frequency and seek to have you be a facilitator for their messages as well. There are many, Ryan, yes. Yes, it does seem that um, I'm a bit of an open channel, as they say, you know, a a channel used by quite a number of different spirits over the years. Um, But my gatekeeper is Chung Fu. What that means really is that he controls uh, 
who comes in and out, which I'm really glad about because there's quite a few beings out there, hey? And uh, not all of them I would necessarily want to come through. So I, I trust entirely Chong Fu's judgment as to um, which beings will come. And sometimes people come to see me and, you know, their guides will come through. Uh, sometimes they will speak incomprehensible languages <laughs> and then eventually sort of manage to get some English out. So all, all sorts of beings uh, from different dimensions as well. We have, a, we have a lot of extraterrestrials who come to our monthly audiences we do with Chung Fu, which seems to be a place where he loves to connect in the interstellar world, out in the galaxies he brings in. We've got some favorite beings who come in and talk to us about their worlds and, and, and why they love the Earth and why they want to, uh, connect with us, and, and that's a very exciting uh, um, area where other beings come in. So, wait, how would you describe these uh, extraterrestrial beings? Are they within our solar system? Are they are they multidimensional, or are they just on the same ash? In our solar system, well, hmm, my my solar knowledge is not very great. They, I think they're within our solar system. Okay. Yes, within our galaxy. I think so. And now they're with are they within our dimension? Which means that if they were to physically be here, we'd be able to see them. Like would we have to. No, the they are coming in their light bodies. Okay. So they they are in the fifth dimension. They're in the fifth dimension, and are they are they beings that have already passed through the physical dimension, or are they just beings that are on their own evolutionary path that come to recognize us as one other dual evolution? It seems that the ones who come to see us have either been here before and evolved into another system, star system, and come back to see us or they're planning to come here. And they're very interested in uh, the evolution of, of the Earth humans. So there seems to be an, uh, this seems to be a special evolutionary time where human beings are being evolved towards a new, uh, more even more amazing, because our system's pretty amazing, uh, but even more extraordinary capacities are on the way. And we get beings coming in who are studying the brain, studying the nervous system, studying the endocrine system, and uh, and tell us a few things which are very interesting about our own evolution. Do they have any criticisms about huma collective humanity at this point? Like, how do they perceive humanity when they if they observe the aspects about it that are perpetually at war, or perpetually, or or see the acts of violence? Well, yes. I mean, they basically they're very understanding and compassionate in general, and they describe everything as the result of consciousness. And they they're always very, very complimentary and kind to us because, after all, we're gathered there trying to do something about it. When they speak about those beings who are at war, in conflict, or the victims of war, uh, they 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 really explain that um, you know. From their point of view, what they see is a, a an evolving consciousness that gets into conflict and war, and that as consciousness evolves, uh, we naturally come out of conflict and war, but that in a sense, the earth has always been a place where people can learn and evolve through conflict uh, and, and duality, dark and light, and that that. Does we, I don't really get the message that that's necessarily going to completely change, although the intensity of the light worlds that we create on the earth, the oases, the places where people can heal from the karmic effects of that conflict uh, and evolutionary 
sort of periods that we've been in uh, can you know places oases of light that we're, we're creating now that are being created um, there there we can intensify our evolutionary work okay and you were describing some of these beings again back to saying that they would like to use you to, to communicate through you are there beings that are of a, a let's say a darker or lower vibrational nature that are trying to, to seek through you or are you only capable of handling or able to facilitate communication with beings on your vibrational frequency or higher? Yes, I I have to say I'm very, very glad and I reach out for a nice piece of wood here and touch it in old um, superstitious fashion. Very glad, very happy yeah. that I never have had um, an, in, an intrusion, an invasion, an, an abuse. I never had uh, an unconscious and angry or an attachment where I've had a problem psychically. I seem to be either incredibly lucky, incredibly blessed, or incredibly protected. Uh, I believe always by Chung Fu. I mean, the worst thing that happened to me was my husband dying, and ever since then, and it was pretty chaotic before then. There was a chaotic period uh, as as my husband died then in that time of my life. Um, but I wouldn't call it bad. I would just say that it was chaotic. And then after that, I, I think the spirits came around me and looked after me and nurtured me. And Chung Fu became more and more clear. He was going to work with me and was developing me. And so I believe I've always been incredibly protected. We do, well, actually we haven't for a couple of years, but we will be again when we get our amazing center, which we'll be, we'll be getting soon, uh, where we can do more spirit work. We do immersions. We call them deep soul immersions. And we would do them about a couple of times a year. And about a week before we would be uh, going towards these events, and about a week before, I would always experience this kind of arrival in the environs of our home. And, and, and once I just said to somebody, you know what it is? They're, they're just circles, tears of angels. They're just like coming to surround us with this incredible protection so that we can strip down, you know, go soul naked, as it were, and go down into the dark, difficult, uh, hurt, angry, you know, fearful places and be protected. So I really do think we are protected in this work. I really believe it's a big ashram that we're surrounded by spiritually. Now, what are some of the projects you're going to be working on? You said you're going to do a center, you're going to be doing some soul studies? Sorry, say that again. I'm saying, what are some of the projects you're going to be working on with the with the center? Like, what what are some of the is it well? Because, well, I mean, we are constantly working on really the creation of the new human being. You know, the new consciousness. The you know, we really believe that this um, this time is a time of complete uh, death and rebirth. Really, a, a remaking of everything from the way we think to the way we feel, express ourselves the way we create family, the way we bring up children, the way we deal with each other, the way we educate our, our young people, uh, and what it's all about. What are we doing here? And to create uh, new systems of exchange to, to you know, it's, so, it's such an extreme time, isn't it? As you say, uh, there's so much that needs to be healed in our, in our world. So, yes, it will be in that sense as all spiritual work is a, a study, you know, it's, a, it's a, an ongoing study, study of humanity, uh, learning about each other through doing deep 
bold work of of reclamation of our God selves, really. Uh, wait a minute, we're, we're not trapped, we're not enslaved to this system. We can change everything, but first we have to change ourselves. So it will be a center for the study of deep change uh, of ourselves, because we are, we are the creators of, of our reality, aren't we? Yeah. yeah, but here's the thing. I imagine that you're you're probably an individual who doesn't uh, who probably doesn't you know engage the media or, or look outside or, or look at some of the news stories that are coming out because I think if you are actively involved or, or engage it on a consistent basis, it it's relaying a lot of messages uh, talking about restrictions. It's relaying a lot of messages saying the world is not this beautiful um, evolutionary place that you would see it to be. The world is is dark. It's scary. It's controlling, and all these people dominate your life. And I'm curious to know is that if you have um, a dominant part of the consciousness that is perpetuating these messages upon most of the people that are on there, how do people eventually make the turn, especially if they're more or so attached within their body and they are bound by the desires and the, um, you know, the slaves to a lot of their desires of their body? How do they pull out and go towards spirit? Well, that's exactly it. I mean, you, you know, we can't make them. They are drawn. It is their soul path in one life or another, and we can't say which lives those will be. But there is a preponderance of people coming in and new, you know, new, new people coming in new as in they are coming from these other planetary systems, a lot of Pleiadians coming in, Arcturians, Andromedans, Venusians coming in now to prepare to, and they, they don't have that heaviness, they don't have that attachment, they are different. You look at some of the kids that are coming in now, and you look in their eyes, and they are just so present, they're different. They're, they are a new race coming into humanity. I say a new race, you know, a, a, a in a sense, we're all from the stars originally, but you know, at the moment, this is a particular time where we're going through this huge change. And yeah, it, it is a very, very dark time. This is an end time as well as a rebirth time and a new time. So we're the new, you know, we're we're, we're the new, as it were. We're, we're we're strengthening ourselves. So the answer to how do you deal with all that fear? I sometimes get told off by my kids because I do try and keep up. I, I try to listen, and, and it's very, very full-on and heavy, uh, as you say, the information coming from the media. And all the time, what Chung Fu says to us is listen to it, see it, and do not let the fear enter you. See it for what it is. Breathe. Bring your higher self in and say, I am, I am the new love coming in. I am the living embodiment of love. Fear always dissolves in the great embrace of love. And I am the love coming in to dissolve this fear. I send my healing and my love to all these souls. And understand that the souls that are coming in, uh, in some way, at some place within their consciousness, they, they have made a choice to come in at this time. And many of them are very selfless and, in a sense, self-sacrificing. Uh, a lot of them, however, are new souls coming in, starting a new cycle. So we have to stay we have to get stronger and stronger, and Chung Fu talks about the light lines crossing across the globe, that we are creating an incredible grid of light through many different faiths, religions, communities, different attitudes, people working in different ways, in many disciplines, but we are creating a, a grid of light across the world, 
and that is the, the structure, and, and that is the holding power into which we will create these gardens, these oases of light, and we will support each other, and we are already supporting each other. Look at us communicating across the great pond together and, uh, and supporting each other, basically. That's what we're doing here. We are, we're holding hands and making a strength together, and that's how we do it. That's how we change. We realize that the Internet... Actually, even though the governments will try, they, they won't, they cannot actually stop love. Love cannot be stopped, and so we will continue to make waves of loving connection, which ultimately will change the world. They already are, and they will, they will fundamentally and materially change the world as well. But we have to do it. We have to do it in ourselves. We have to defeat the fear within. Okay. And some of these other beings that you said, these other soul groups, you said the Adromanons, these other um, galaxies of races, of these soul groups that are coming in here. I want to ask you two things. One, are those beings, have those beings also evolved beyond the earth plane who are returning to make this, to change the world? Or just I also wanted to say, what were some of the evolutionary processes of those other beings compared to ours, like what makes our evolution as human beings different than the Andromedans or these other uh, galaxy of races that you mentioned that are across the universe? So it needs to be really clear to you that I don't study the subject, so my experiences of having beings in me and of experiencing them uh, firsthand, and the amount I know is probably not the the amount, let's say, of someone like Barbara Masiniak Mm -hmm. or somebody who is maybe more experience, you know, I don't study the subject. My impressions, therefore, are subjective, and I just say them from my heart. So we have visitations from uh, groups of beings who come forward, and they come forward to give us energy and to exchange, uh, in a sense, to give us some knowledge of their perspective and to come in with great interest into our perspective uh, to encourage us as well as to where we are. Because when we do this work with Chung Fu, sometimes we can feel quite isolated, rather different from a lot of people. A lot of people who do the Chung Fu work, they experience themselves as, yeah, well, just, just a bit one apart. You know, well, their neighbors don't do the work, and sometimes even their partners, although their partners eventually tend to come on board. And so these beings coming in is an enormous um, empowerment and are witnessing, so they come in and they say all kinds of things to us, and they're very loving and, and very uplifting to us. So there's an emotional uh, presence that uh, they bring. I mean, it's a very, it's such an exciting thing when somebody comes and stands right in the middle in my body, but uh, I, I experience them in my body. And, and these are students and people who are very familiar with the way I work. So, <laughs> you know, so, some of these beings come in and they will suddenly at the end of their saying, they say, hold the body, I am leaving, and they just leave. <laughs> Boom. And somebody from the uh, audience has to, you know, stand up pretty sharpish or I fall directly 90 degrees flat wow. on the ground. So, you know, those kinds of things. Uh, but, but, yes, it is a direct experience of them coming in. So, well, the, the things I have gleaned are that some of them have definitely been human beings before. And... Uh, that they are speaking to beings in the audience who have been Andromedans, say, before, or Arcturians before. So we have people with 
in, in our student groups and client groups who have been Andromedans. And when they come to the audience, hey, presto, the Andromedans arrive because they're family <laughs> and they arrive and they go, hey, ho, so-and-so, here we are. You know, and they have names and they talk about um, where they are in their, in, in their relationship with the earth at this time and what they bring and what their interest in it, it is. And so, yeah, um, it, it would take a long time to sort of unravel all of that. There are, there are probably about 15 actual individuals that we could name and say, well, so-and-so hasn't been for a while, uh, so-and-so hasn't been for a while, and, um, uh, and they come sort of, uh, well, they come when they come. We don't know when they're going to come. Okay. But we set we set the meeting up every month, and and we have these amazing experiences of also being taken to other dimensions. Now you visually, when you say taken to other dimensions, was so that means that we are visualizing, we are meditating, and in our light bodies, we are going on a journey. Okay, these experiences that you're having, these group meetings, are, are these something that you guys do in a private group, or is this something that you would ever consider maybe opening up where people would meditate? and focus their attention on you and kind of link up with you um, all across the world. Yes, we are very much intending to do that via our website as we get a little more savvy with our techo, (laughs) our knowledge. But yes, we do. Chong Fu wants to do that. He wants to um, really uh, connect with people all over the world so that he can help us to lift the vibration all over the world. Absolutely, that is his intention. Okay. And... You know, we were talking to some people. Uh, every time we um, we had the opportunity to, in the honor of uh, talking with you and talking with Mr. Fu, I, I talked to some uh, individuals who we, we've listened to the show, and we had an interesting question from somebody, and she wanted to know what the process was for channeling a spirit, because I think other people may have considered the idea. Well, how does how does Sally do it? What is actually happening in her body, in her mind? What is she feeling? And how can people recognize the signs that they are channeling a spirit, and how do they ensure that the spirit that is coming through has the right or more peaceful intentions? Yes, I totally hear you. And, of course, get asked that all the time in my uh, teaching groups because um, we, we are very, very careful in how we are developing people. I myself developed with a very reliable and kind and spiritual woman called Ivy Northage in the 70s who brought through uh, a guide called Chan. Obviously, he was a Chinese guide, and um, she was my early teacher. Um, And she wrote a very interesting book. I don't think it's in publication anymore. It might be interesting to do that, called The Mechanics of Mediumship. And she she quite simply... um, you know, open the centers and help people to recognize when they were in an expanded state. The classic thing with me was always that I, I, I never remembered a thing. I'd, I'd, I'd listen to her, and then, and then all I'd hear was, Sally, Sally, come back, because I would promptly leave my body. So leaving your body is something that some people do. It's often as the, it often happens to people in distress that they leave their body because they can't cope with what's actually going on. And, you know, the children that sort of dream and look out of the window or children who've gone very silent or children in trauma, often it's, it's from trauma that, uh, that, that, that people leave their body. 
in my case, it wasn't really trauma. Uh, it was, however, a, a very artistic nature. That's the other thing is, um, you know, being a musician, uh, being a, a dreamer, a seer, in, in that way of a, of a musical being. And so I think um, leaving my body is a key thing that, that always happened. I didn't know it happened until I met Ivy Northage. She actually was always trying to keep me in my body until she gave up a couple of years later and said, I'm taking you to my trance class. The spirits are saying, uh, it, it's all good. You're supposed, to be, you're supposed to be in that state. So she then took me into her trance class. The thing is, you need to have someone there. If you're going to develop trance, um, you must have someone there because you actually genuinely are not in your body. And for the first uh, 20 years, well, 15 or I don't know how many years of my trance work, I always had my partner at that time, Michael O'Connell. He was always in the room. I never did trance work on my own. And then after that, uh, Sophie took that place. And um, now, of course, I, I, I'm fine to be on my own uh, with it. Uh, I, I I don't know. I'm just not sure. afraid anymore. And when you, but it's okay. scary. It is scary leaving your body and being being in trance to begin with. Right. Yeah. So, but like, where do you where do you where do you go? I mean, is there a place you go? Is, uh, like the there's that question that everybody asks. Yeah. So the thing is, um, my experience is uh, so if I if I could answer that question technically, and then I'm just going to answer it first of all, kind of personally and and, and experientially. So. I relaxed my whole body, and I experienced changes happening even as I react, relax. I experienced a, a yawningness, uh, and I experienced my body is getting tired. I, I feel as though I'm, I'm going to go to sleep. Re- remember that I am now a very developed medium, so as soon as I relax or I say to Chung Fu, there's a client here, everything starts happening, he starts coming close. So there's a dual action going on now, which wasn't the case in the beginning so now this is what I experience. I start to relax. I'm I'm kind of letting my neck go, so my head's starting to go a, a, a little. Uh, and um, and at a certain point, actually, what happens is there's a gripping in my belly, in my in my hara, in my in my spleen center. Yeah, that second one up there, uh, and, and I feel this grip, and then this kind of this just taking of a breath that I know I didn't take, if you like. And then, uh, and then, and then, uh, and then the energy arrives in my throat, and then I hear the voice of Chung Fu coming through. So that is literally physically all I do now. But what I know from my studies and from working with Ivy Northage and from working with all my students is that at that point where I I relax, if my mind didn't relax, if my mind stayed fearful or if my mind was wondering oh hang on I don't like that I don't like that feeling of gripping in my stomach I don't I don't want any of this I could prevent at that point I could stop anything happening and everybody does until they understand that at that point you have to actually let go with your mind and you have to not worry about what's coming through um, which is the only reason that I can now for example let this hyper event happen of this huge energy of ISIS coming in is because I feel safe, even though it doesn't sound very civilized or very uh, normal, I, I can go with it and let her speak this, this, this hyper language she speaks and I can go with it because I'm not afraid anymore. My mind doesn't get involved and I go way beyond the mind and, and this event happens. But most people, 
had been inculcated and it's gone on for generations now with fear, fear about spirits, which is, well, I, I, I don't have that fear. I never, I never did in my childhood. I never did have a fear about, about spirits. Uh, and my first introduction to spirits was my own dead husband, who is a very benign spirit and who loves me and who made a mistake of committing suicide. So I was very much warm to the spirit world and never was afraid. And I had Chung Fu come in, so I, I wasn't afraid. I had a really good partner who looked after me, uh, who looked after me very well in those early days of development. So I don't have any fear of the spirit world. I think fear is something you really need to work out of your system if you're going to do any work with the spirits or be a trance medium or be a medium of any kind. You have to understand uh, that you've got nothing to be afraid of. If you have called in the God force, goddess force, however you see uh, the high beings, if you've called them in and you're very clear and your heart is pure and open, there's absolutely nothing to be afraid of because it all follows the law of attraction. And that was your question, you know. Um, yep. you, you need to understand that law of attraction is very, very deep and goes right into the spirit world and there's no way you're going to attract any junk unless you're full of junk. Yep. And if you are, then you shouldn't be working in transmediumship as such. You should be doing some really deep healing work and, and, and getting in touch and, and getting some healing on the places of pain. Because, yes, if you're in a lot of pain and you're, you're tending towards transmediumship, it, it, it could get a lot worse. You know, it's not necessarily going to be a, a healing for you to become a transmedium when you're full of pain. So do you think that you could actually there, – there's some people, they call it the white shadow. It's not necessarily darkness, but it's like, you know, the, the whiter or like less predominantly on the visible and surface type evil. If you are a preacher and, say, for example, you are a sociopath inside, maybe you have a secret to stain for certain things – and you begin to open yourself up to various spirits, you think that you may actually incorporate or um, attract a cunning spirit with deceitful intentions, not necessarily evil intentions, but maybe deceitful intentions, not just um, not, not exactly the holiest or most beautiful of spirits. The truth is absolutely, Ryan, anything is possible, and I would never, and nor would I ever judge anyone to have done that until I'd, uh, you know, I'd ask, say, Chung Fu or something, because everything is not at all as it seems. But entities do come in, and there are beings in the astral worlds who have not, you know, resolved their, their, their emotional stuff. They're attached to the earth plane still. They have ambition. They have anger. They have fear. They have stuff that they want to work out, and so they're looking for... Uh, the, the souls who are not quite so um, in control of their bodies, hearts and minds, and they can definitely influence people and get, get some action going, and they do, yeah. Okay, and you know, I'm asking this because you had a first-hand account with this. So if somebody um, commits suicide, what is the, uh, the current state of their soul afterwards? And also, if they have lived several other lifetimes where they didn't commit suicide, where they where they were okay, and in the greater scheme of things, does that one aspect of their spirit, the restless aspect of their spirit, influence all the other lives that they're leading throughout various times in history? No, and so so you know this is what I understand from Chung Fu and from as you say, having had a suicided husband and having you know gone through um, a lot with him afterwards. I mean, he was he was he was. He was devastated. I mean, he, he, he did a lot of communicating to his daughter through me, Sophie, um, you know, and he, he just, he was so gutted that he'd gone, and he, 
you know, he he was he he couldn't he was a bit stuck really, and and Chung Fu and everybody were trying to help him, and in the end we had to cut the ties and and, and really let let him go on his way, uh, and after that point he he resolved it. Um, often the the suicided spirits are strangely attached; they're angry. Often there's a very hidden place of wounding anger that that isn't worked out, and and they need to sort of you know they need to work it out so they stay a little bit attached and sometimes you will get in the ancestral line of somebody you know um suicided souls still after a few generations trying to work it out so it all depends what kind of help they get um but it doesn't mean that it, it it's not specific so you know a suicided soul that that works on themselves just as anyone on the physical plane can move through that karma really quick it's a moving through. It's about consciousness. It's not going to taint them forever. No, everything is very mutable. There is no such thing. I mean, Chung Fu is very clear that you can step above your karma and you can do that by going deep into ownership, going deep into being very conscious, present, awake and alive. And that applies to whether you're on earth or you're in the astral plane. You're going to definitely be staying in the astral plane if you've got, you know, if you've suicided and you've got some big deep stuff that you haven't worked out with 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 uh um with your with your own personal soul soul content okay and you know a couple of weeks ago on our show we were interviewing an author uh, about a book called quantum jumps and what she was talking about is she was saying that we live in this multi-universe where every time we make a decision all other decisions are are in some kind of uh, dual universe that we live. Every decision that will ever be made is all happening all at the same time. So let's give a situation or reality where you have somebody that made a colossal mistake. Is there another reality that's dual next to that one where they didn't make that mistake? And if these other universes do exist, what you can we actually change our physical past? Can we change the past? Can we pull ourselves into a different reality where? life happens the way we would have most wanted it to happen based on our own decisions. So the thing about that question, which I, I totally understand where, where where that quantum jumping concept uh, both goes and comes from, because it comes from uh, another dimension, a beyond-the-mind place, if you like. The thing about the, the, the third dimension, where we are in the physical here, in this you know actual reality that we've created that is dense and physical, is that um, all the laws that apply to the dense universe um, need to be honored in their own dimension. And then if you go into another dimension, you have to understand that is a whole different set of laws or a different set of reality uh, making uh, energies, if you like. So in the mental worlds, in the, in the higher dimensions, there are as many worlds, as many realities as anyone could possibly imagine and more. Now, in terms of how much could that cross over into the dense world, that depends on your literally, uh, your power. So you've heard of, you know, many gurus and beings who can levitate, who can, tra- who, 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 can uh, who can carry themselves into other dimensions, who can uh, literally bilocate, whose body can be seen in two different locations at the same time. Those are powers. Those are physical powers that are then combined with consciousness powers to create manifestation 
in in this reality or to create uh, thought dimensions so powerful that it you know you see me because I projected my mind so there's still it's still a, a phys- physiological power that would be in my pineal and pituitary gland, you know, and in my spleen and in my... You would find these powers if you were to measure them in an individual. They would they would have that different kind of body. So this is exactly what the star beings are talking about, about creating those kinds of bodies that would then enable people to do exactly what you said. They can't now in these particular dense bodies, but we're going to be creating those kinds of bodies where exactly what you say would be possible, like all the sci-fi futuristic, you know. So you will be able to change that, like maybe the, the groundwork is there, it just it hasn't come to the reality yet. It's the kind of body that's needed. Oh, okay. It's the actual, it, it, you know, the thing is we have these sensory bodies that have evolved and been left to evolve, and then there is the constant uh, putting in from from uh, from God consciousness, if you like, of, of new genetic potential. Uh, and all the time, uh, however, w- clearly there's a decision to stay physical. So then it's, well, how much do we want to be physical? Because there are clearly many, many realities in which there are light beings do all kinds of things and are capable of all kinds of things and live in all kinds of different worlds. Um, and we're introduced to them by, through many different means, in our dreams, in, in, you know, in people's imaginations, science fiction, in, in when we're taken on journeys with Chung Fu, and I'm sure many others are in that kind of way. But the reality of the physical, of the dense physical, this is not so common. In, in uh, This is something that exists in different places, just in, in its own way. So so we are experiencing, experiencing it in this earth dimension, and your question of, you know, could we basically go back in time and, well, yes, but not in this dimension right now, because we've seen that. Okay. In other words, did you meet a dinosaur yesterday? I, I did not meet a dinosaur, but... Um... See, so, so it's like, well, then you have to choose, or do you want to meet a dinosaur, or do you want to meet a bear, or would you like to meet a, a wolf, you know? And it's like all these beings that have been so-called extinct, well, apparently... They do, they do exist in, in universes, but the thing is, we've chosen at the moment to have this experiment. Okay. And what that lady or gentleman is talking about is where we evolve this experiment to the point where we can interface with those levels of, of reality. All right. So it's whatever, you know, when people talk about ascension, that's what I think they're getting at. That's what they think. That's what they're thinking about. That's what they're trying to manifest is reality where we are in the fifth dimension but able to be seen and experienced in the third dimension have bodies and have sensual lives as well okay but that's coming that's great to hear <laughs> we'll be able to change the path and sally well according to chung fu that's coming and according to a lot of those star beings that's coming we should uh, according to the lady of the quantum jumping that's coming they can't all be wrong no they? i'm sure they're going to be right and um, Sally, I'd like to ask you one last question. When you are transitioning into Mr. Fu, or being able to channel this, this spirit, you call it, uh, her, name's, her name's Isis? That's the name of the, the spirit? She's the, god, the Egyptian Hathor goddess, mm-hmm. Isis. Okay. You know Isis, Osiris, you know, the Hathor? When you are going into the transition and you're making that, and the noises are coming through, I, I actually 
like shot my mind and I was listening and I have to say that I think that it's it's actually beautiful and when you listen to it it kind of it, it can affect me or it affects me I mean, if you really plug into it I almost feel like there's information that is coming out that you don't hear consciously it's not numbers it's not words I feel like it is an information and what I want to know is this is that there are there times when you are channeling a spirit or a spirit is relaying sounds beats um, through you that are actually information for the spirit or the higher self that we're not aware of and she will be more inclined to just open ourselves up to just the sounds that are coming out from these spiritual beings are you channeling Ryan no I think you just did a whole piece of channeling there. Oh, I wasn't that channeling. I, 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 not that I'm aware of. I, I didn't leave. I'm in here. I, I, I couldn't have said that better. That is exactly what I experienced. That when, when Isis, Isa, Isa, she calls herself at the moment, uh, comes through, uh, what I, I, I'm like, oh, I know exactly what you just said, but it's in this other language. Well, I say exactly because it's like... Everything she says, or every, all the words, all these sounds she makes, uh, speaking to a part of the mind that is not what we normally call mind, so it is what I call soul, and it's, to a, it's almost to a part of the mind that is a heart, or a part of the heart that is a mind, that is the, and, and it's a really extraordinary sensation in my body that, She's trying to get to this part of a human being. I guess it's the soul inside the mind or the soul inside the heart. And I think what you were describing was exactly that, that what the sounds do. And sometimes she comes in these days and she does healings. And she does all kinds of things inside the auric field. But right out in, like, you know, an auric field can be like six feet out around the person. So she'll be working in the last two feet of the auric field, and then she'll bring the energy in from there. And I, I just experience her energy uh, literally working in the light body of people. And, yeah, that language is... It, it is it, it's beautiful. You know, I, I crave for her to speak English, but actually when she does, I, I, I sort of think, no, 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 go back to that other language. That, <laughs> that means much more, you know. But people crave for her to speak, and, and, and so she does speak speak a little uh, uh, occasionally in English. Yeah. Uh, Sally, Sally Pollinger, that was a fantastic and always intriguing interview. I mean, I, I would love to have you love to have you back on again because I just I feel like we could talk for hours. You just you offer such you know, profound, great information and it, it's totally unique. I mean, when we talk to you, we know that whatever answers we're getting, whatever questions we're asking, we know it's just different. It's just very different. We can learn more about Sally by going to her website at deepsoulconnection.com. Thank you so much, Sally. Okay, Ryan. Thank you, my dear. Greetings, beloved. Greetings. Welcome, welcome. Blessings in peace. Blessings in peace unto you, Mr. Fu. Ah, it is my dear friend across the waters. That's right, I'm across the waters and truly honored to be with you right now. And before we begin, I would can I may I please do a uh, a 
prayer and offering of thanks. Please, dear one, I would like to just let you know that the great mother goddess Isis is Isa. She likes to be called at the moment. As she comes into your world, she has blessed you today. Thank you. She said to you, clear the way, clear the way, my son, for I shine in your world. And it is time for the darkness to be dispelled. And you are a guardian of the light. I bless you. Thank you. And she said other things. But this she wanted to make sure you did hear in your physical mind. Peace. Peace. Thank you. Now I would like to just bring in all the beings who are present here into your consciousness, for a few moments I bring my blessing to you, dear one. Is that all right with you? Yes, thank you. Peace, beloved. Peace. Just breathe deep and go within, and we shall come together in the worlds of light. Okay. Blessings and peace may the living spirit that is within all things come forward. And coming through the channels of communication you provide, bring to many souls and many hearts the deep realization of the truth and reality of the inner worlds, of the worlds of light wherein the soul is connected to the divine source, wherein love is the currency bringing through from this deep source the new energy to transform the physical, emotional, mental, social, economic, and political reality of this physical plane. Bringing forward into your world the values of love, peace, harmony, connection, communion, cooperation, creativity, joy, and deep understanding. It is beyond the mind. Blessings in peace. And welcome especially to your family in the spirit world, your relations, your ancestors, and to all the spirits who are working with you on this, your venture of light, of connection between the worlds that you yourself are engaged in. Welcome to all the beings who come to support your venture, and to the ascended beings, especially the shining ones of the great white brother-sisterhood of the soul, beings who have transcended this physical dimension and yet are indeed co-creating with you these bridges of change coming through into your worlds. Welcome to the angelic and archangelic beings who protect the environs of all your projects on the inner planes, creating safety and well-being for all who work with you. Greetings and welcome to all deities, 
beings of other dimensionality, creators of these worlds, bringing forward the faces and forms of the divine feminine and the divine masculine, coming through people, coming through human beings, expressing into these worlds the beauty of this new creation. Welcome to the Christ energy, the solar logos, the solar lords, the solar deities. Welcome to Isis, Isaisa, to the Hathor, to all the beings who bring forward this new creation. Welcome to all the beings of this plane, deities of the elements of earth, air, fire, water. Welcome to all the spirits and powers of the elements and to the spirits of nature, standing people of the trees, medicine people of the plants and herbs, spirits of stones, crystals, minerals, rocks, keepers of the Akashic records within these and all dimensions. Welcome to the allies of the human soul in the worlds of the animal, birds, water creatures, insect beings, and serpent beings, and of the fairy, elven, pixie, leprechaun, dragon, phoenix, unicorn, all beings who walk in the light body of the earth, giving thanks for all gifts, blessings, powers, and qualities coming forward through you and through all those who are communicating between the worlds and bringing truth into the minds and hearts of people, giving thanks for the overlighting protection, love and blessings, power and strength, peace and grace, wisdom, oration, healing and compassion of the all-in-one, divine presence deep within. Blessings and peace, dear brother. Blessings and peace. Blessings and peace, Mr. Fu, and blessings and peace and infinite gratitude to all beings in all areas of light and beings of light that are allowing and facilitating this interview, including Sally, Sophie, your entire family, and all other members who are allowing this to be possible. Many thanks, many blessings, and thank you so much for this opportunity, Mr. Fu. Peace. Peace. Okay. So, the other day, my wife came home and she was about to tell me about something. She was about to give me a bunch of things that I was supposed to do that I forgot to do. And in this haste of being worried, I snuck around the corner and I said to myself, I said, Mr. Fu, if you hear me now, is there any possibility that my wife will forget what she was supposed to tell me or get completely distracted? And she came in and she was about to tell me all the things that I didn't do. And she miraculously forgot. So first off, I want to send a big thanks and gratitude to you for that. And secondly, I wanted to ask you, how does it work when people ask for favors or ask to work with a particular saint or being? And how does that particular saint or being intervene on behalf of the individual? And why would they intervene on behalf of the individual? So this depends entirely on the state of the heart and mind of the individual. For the saints, as you say, the ascended beings, or the angelic beings, beings of other dimensionality, are ever-present 
They are multidimensional, and therefore they are always available. It is not time and space uh, governed, but it is about the vibration. It is about the actual energetic vibration that is coming from the mind, the heart, and the energy field. That if there is a part of the mind that says, well, I don't really believe, I mean, I'll say this prayer, but I don't really believe in it, nothing will happen whatsoever. If, however, you are entirely open to receiving that help, it is that that makes the help come. Your openness, your receptivity, your total vibrational synchronicity with that complete presence that is the other dimensional being's reality. So that being, you could say, depends entirely for their efficacy upon your availability. Okay. And is there a particular reason why a spirit being or a person who passed would actively intervene on behalf of another person? Is there a particular reason why certain saints are attracted to certain individuals? And how does one begin the process of finding a saint or an angelic being to wish to begin a relationship with? What is the purpose? Um, what is the dual evolutionary purpose? What is the purpose for the person to have that relationship? And what is the purpose of that angelic being to have a human being make patronage to, to them on a regular basis? So as you can guess, the simple purpose of an angelic or ascended being, the very simple and universal purpose of that being and why they interface within uh, the human and other realms is because of love and service, because they are emanations of the divine presence. Love is totally that emanation. And so wherever there is love and intention of love, of healing, of goodness, of upliftment, of uh, creation of connection with the divine, that is the power, that is the bridge that is connected between the consciousness of the ascended being and the human being. So it goes without saying that those beings who are very clear that they are in total service, that their intention is of total goodness, of uplifting another, uh, assisting in being a vessel of healing of another, or even of themselves towards evolution, towards being more connected with the divine, then this uh, is literally where the compatibility is created and uh, there is transmission then through that being. Okay. And it can be all the way towards the miraculous indeed. Uh, and can you have a patron saint that works with you from the past that has already reincarnated into another evolution beyond that point? Well, yes. You see, the the thing to understand about your choice or any individual's choice of, of a beloved within the spirit world and you will only really fully grasp this when you're in the spirit world, is that whereas here there is a limitation, there is a temporal aspect, there is you are in the body, you have uh, X number of years, you have projects, you have things you're trying to do, there is the boundary of time and space. 
this does not exist within the spirit world. So you say, you see, from that temporal point of view, well, how can Saint so-and-so possibly come to me? I mean, I just heard that Saint was called by a great guru in, 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 in India to perform a great healing miracle there. How can he possibly come and help me find my key I lost under the dresser? He's <laughs> uh, much, that's much too important over there. I can't possibly prevail upon him. I just heard that on the news, so I'll have to find my key another way. But that's your limited thinking, you see, because you got to understand these are vast, multidimensional beings. So what that means is, for example, uh, you know, uh, let's put it in a way of language that, that you could temporally understand, uh, as in time and space related, uh, whereas you think there's one archangel, Michael, Mm, let's say there's one for every single being on the planet. Is that about 7 billion at the last count? I think so. So you see, what I'm saying is it's not quite the way you think it is. Once you devote yourself or you are 100% given and completely dedicated to your inner work with a being who is ascended, who is other dimensional of that nature, of that order, then uh, you will have literally your own personal line and it won't be related to what that being might be doing with any other of those other uh, beings, those billions of beings. It won't be in any way related or affected by the rest of that archangelic being's work. Okay. You just mentioned that in the spirit world, the difference between the spirit world and here amongst many is that in here, we, we deal with the period of time or the illusion of time. So we go from point A to point B. We have a certain amount of uh, time to complete a project. If we look at the spirit world and having all things that have occurred that will ever occur already happen, and we'd like to think the, the idea that maybe at some point in the future that we are this evolved being who are maybe go beyond the third dimension, maybe we're in the fourth, or fifth, or even maybe even hypothetically speaking, sixth dimension. Can we use or make can we have ourselves from the future be our own patron saint can we begin a relationship with ourselves from the future our elevated being self that has already gone beyond the evolution of this planet of the airplane of course this is possible beloved okay. of course it is possible the reality is that that evolutionary self who has gone beyond this plane will also be one with other beings whom you might more easily identify. It depends how easily you can identify that future self. Because the truth is that if you can identify that future self who has who is sounding an awful lot to me like your higher self right now as you describe this being, who is beyond time and space and is in that sense your God self. And if you can identify that self you can get an instant download, and that is the same as getting a download from your higher self and from the God force within. There is no difference because there is no time in that aspect of your being. And what you've done is you've gone beyond time, although you're calling it your future self. You're saying it's evolved beyond. Well, that's the whole point. You just said it. Okay. Don't, did our, yep, if, we talk, higher self. if we're talking about our higher selves... Have our higher selves always been of existence or were our higher selves at one point in time 
conscious beings on the earth plane that evolved into a higher self. I know this is. I know. That, I guess the question is. I'm gonna. I want to re- relay it again because it, it confuses even me. But my, I believe my heart's in the right place. Do your high, Did your higher self always exist, regardless of whether or not there was a physical reality, or does a soul have to go through many evolutions in order to evolve to become a higher self? Peace. The first one. Your higher self is your God nature. The fact that you incarnate and start, if you like, a, well, you could call it at the bottom, or you are a new soul within this dimension, is irrelevant in terms of the existence of your higher self. You couldn't actually incarnate into this reality without a higher self. It's simply that you're not connected until you wake up. So the higher self is creating everything. Because God is creating everything, if you like. And you are God. In this, in this image that I'm giving you, it, it doesn't help you in the moment where you're feeling, uh, you know, all sorts of human emotions. On one level, it doesn't help you to know what I just said. But as you start to work the muscles of your consciousness, begin to understand what extraordinary resource is right there and you definitely didn't just create it it's been there for a very very long time but you as a human being evolving the ability to use it to embody it that is the work of consciousness okay and as far as working the muscles of consciousness mr Fu, what would be some of the um advice you would provide people on earth right now on how they can strengthen their consciousness how can they um, become more aware were there any things that they can do each passing day to strengthen their consciousness try to start really simply try not to get uh, complex in the head about it no stay with your breathing stay with your emotions understand get to know what's actually going on inside you rather than what you would like to be going on inside you. For example, wake up to where you really are in your feeling heart. How are you feeling this day? Ask yourself that question. Oh, I feel rotten. Oh, I feel this. Oh, I feel that. Uh, write it down. Have a look at it. And then, and, and then look at it and think, right, well, how can I change these statements and produce for yourself the exact counter-opposite statements. I am feeling better all the time. If you're feeling rotten, you can't actually say, I feel fine, because your subconscious will just throw it out. That's actually a lie. I will not work with a lie, it says to you. It says, all right, all right, all right. right. Well, we say, I'm feeling better all the time. With every breath, I am improving my health. With every breath, my headache is leaving my body with every breath and so on. So let's say you just had a terrible split up with your boyfriend or girlfriend correspondingly. You're really feeling very sore in the heart and really quite angry. And I wasted all that time in that relationship. And you have a a situation there. So you've written that down along this. I'm fed up and and, and, and I'm so ungrateful and I, oh, whatever it is you've written in your uh, negative side there and you look at it and you think, oh, right, well, uh, 
I'm going to purposely think of all the good things that happened in that relationship. I don't want to think about the good things, your subconscious. I don't, I'm fed up with that relationship. I don't even want to think about it. I hate you, Mr. Fu, you know, for even suggesting this. Why would I want to think about, ah, this person's done me wrong and so on. And you, you, by that time, you're not writing. You're in a dynamic process with yourself, and you have to breathe then and realize, this is my wounded self. I must wake up to the fact that, you know, I have created this situation, and this reality, this truth must be there every day of your life. I created this situation. This situation is perfect for my evolution. No, it's not. It's a horrible situation. I'm not evolving. They've done me wrong. I'm, you know, and you have this constant dialogue where you get interrupted, but you have to take another breath. You have to bring your, your truth into the place of wounding. You have to hold what's going on in your life. Let's say it's not quite that bad, but you just you just don't want to go to work that day. I don't want to go to work. I wish I didn't have to go to work. You know, I, I want a day off. I never get a day off. So you, you realize, all right, I, I, I'm obviously a little tired. I see myself. Basically what you're doing, uh, beloved, is gently bringing in a perspective uh, that we could say a parent would bring in or a God self would bring in that's kind that's saying, all right, well, you know, you're obviously tired. We'll look into getting some days off. We'll look into doing something nourishing. Uh, the point of being here is that you have many aspects to your being. If you have physical body, you may have physical pains, physical conditions. You have to really understand that have emotional causes. You may have an emotional condition that has a cause within the mental body. You have to come to understand what a very complex and extraordinary and connected being you are and get to the core and get to the place within yourself where there is space, where there is love, where there is resource for you. And people call that meditation. I would call it perhaps in the early stages contemplative awareness coming into an understanding of yourself. If you are an advanced person, you've done a lot of healing on yourself, then you may be working with really bringing in higher self states that you can completely change your life with bringing creativity into your life. As you can see, this question is so vast. Yep. cannot answer it for absolutely everybody, but there are simple techniques that you can use to become fully present. That is the key. Sure. If somebody's meditating, what, uh, what is actually happening on, a, on the astral plane? Are they, actually, are they downloading information on a subconscious level from the higher self? Peace. There are many different answers to that question. Just like saying, you know, when people are in love, what are they feeling? And, uh, ooh, yes, many different answers to that question. So when people are meditating, some people actually aren't meditating. So technically speaking, meditating is a state of presence and emptiness. That is, that is real what meditation is. I do not use it until the latter stages of of, of where I am training people because the truth is it's very hard to achieve meditation when there is a lot of astral content of emotional uh, unreleased emotion or 
physical discomfort, tension in the body. And so people need to learn to do uh, all kinds of exercises to become physically aware of where tension is held in the body. And exercises or journeys or uh, contemplations, inner work, where they actually move the emotion out of the channels so that, as you say, yes, the purpose of, of meditation, uh, when life was not quite as uh, uh, perhaps as demanding as it is these days, people could perhaps meditate more easily. Uh, I find that the purpose of it uh, is, is not deeply understood, uh, really, because you can't bypass all the places that prevent the energy from coming all the way from higher self, right down, as we say, into the limbs, into the body. And so it, it, there there are many stages uh, f for me to bring in uh, that will facilitate meditation being a very uh, extraordinary and energizing experience. But first of all, the muscles of which I talk, uh, where you breathe and Yes, you are meditating after a fashion. What you're really doing is becoming body aware. You're relaxing your body right down, breathing deeply and slowly, slowing the breath down, starting to become aware of your body and relaxing individual muscles going right through your body from the top of your head all the way down the tips of your fingers, down to your feet. And as I would talk to you, you would start to feel quite sleepy, and you have to maintain your consciousness between being sleepy and being totally wide awake. So inside, you start to focus and feel what is actually happening. And you start to empty out everything. And as soon as you try to empty everything out, more comes in. It's like just squeezing a sponge and putting it in water, and it fills right up again. So your emotional nature fills up your mind again, you start thinking about something, and you let it go again. And so gradually you become aware of what is occupying your mind, and then it's time to do something about it. And so there are practices we introduce at that point. Peace. Peace. Uh, Mr. Fu, if you were an astral, if you say, for example, you were somebody who was looking into the future of humanity, and you somehow wound up in the year 2015, which is the year we're recording from, and you looked around, one of the first things you might say is, oh my goodness, men can have children too because there are so many men that are walking around that look like they're nine months pregnant. And I bring this to your attention because obesity is something that is happening a lot in our society. There are many souls that are on this planet that are uh, very much overweight, and I was wondering if there was a metaphysical reasoning behind it. Is there a uh, – do these people um, – what's the – some of the metaphysical reasons why there's so many people on the planet this time that are um, so overweight? Terror. Terror? Fear. Okay. Disconnection from the soul, which has happened from an early age. And then on top of that, parasites. And, of course, dietary abuse, a great combination where there is emotional shutdown, mental misinformation, actual starvation of the soul by intention, 
in, in, in uneducated or, or, or shall we say, uh, yes, misinformed uh, societies and karmic ancestral wounding. Okay. In your country, it, 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 it will be a particular story. In each country, it's a particular story. Each country is different in regards to the what I call the national karma or what is born uh, more sometimes in the male line or more in the female line, and that goes back many hundreds of years. And a lot of the beings coming in now are quite confused uh, of how to carry this karma and how to disperse it. Peace. Peace. Thank you. And we have a question from an individual. Her name is Carmen Grace. She's very sweet. She um, she offered this question. She said that if you are standing and you want to sense what type of spirit or the frequency, the vibrational frequency of the spirit that is trying to communicate with you, is there a if you is, do, do, do spiritual beings or celestial beings coming from the left or to the right? Is there a certain direction that celestial or non-celestial beings will try to facilitate communication with you? Peace. Negative, it is not specific and depends on the orientation of that being's male-female balance. And each one is individual and different in this regard, especially in the light body. For example, someone may be in a woman's body, as this beloved is, but may have a very strong inner male light presence. And so... Uh, the energies will come in differently for each one, depending on the balance between the female and male bodies, because the beings from the celestial planes will come in to to enhance the balance between the male and female. In fact, that's one of their really strong healing uh, healing purposes. Okay. And when the person dies and they, they move on beyond the, when they complete their physical life incarnation, and they, my understanding is that they have a life review. And I'm curious to know, do they see all the dreams that they had had in this life, in their life review? And how, um, what are the, also, what are the purposes of dreams? Peace. Peace. They will see those dreams that were meaningfully coming from their higher self and not yet either resolved or understood uh, what is the purpose of dreams? Many different purposes. Well, several very obvious ones we will bring forward. Uh, dreams that are literally the emptying of the trash can of the subconscious mind, where the subconscious mind has collected all kinds of, um, we could say, a disconnected material, doesn't quite know what to do with it, and is trying to attach it to this and that. So it you know, the, the the mind will run scenarios and the, the subconscious mind will try and hook little fears and little little pieces of information on that, that don't actually mean very much and and the dream sort of runs on and then uh, that material not having found anywhere is trashed. The subconscious mind is happy, it's gone somewhere and it lets it go. So it's a clearing mechanism for what we would call irrelevant fears. Uh, or, or uh, old pain that 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 really isn't needed anymore. It's not providing any information. It it just needs to go. Perhaps you've done a tie cutting, 
and you've done a lot of good work, let go of a lot of pain, but there's just a little bit you didn't quite become aware of, and because you've done the bulk of the work, you can afford to let that bit go, because pain on the whole, as you know, is a signpost to you understanding something about your own consciousness, your own vulnerability. And so there we are, there's another subject there that in your dreams you can have an entire therapeutic process, a genuine astral engagement with that part of your wounded consciousness. Uh, angelic beings can come, guides, helpers, and so can the soul sometimes, uh, especially if they are in the astral plane. In other words, they have already departed from the physical plane. They will often be able to meet you or the wounded aspect of you and bring you, uh, uh, bring you a healing experience that will enable you to let go of that wound. So they can be real, uh, deep emotionally healing experiences uh, in in the astral plane. Of course, you can then understand that by the same token, and depending on the consciousness of that individual and to what extent they are conscious uh, of their own vulnerability here and protect themselves or what the situation is. For example, if someone is in a, a quite inimical uh, people environment, they go to sleep, and there can be astral uh, intervention. So the, there can be inimical spirits that can enter into the dream time and really cause havoc with the with the subconscious. So uh, a person would, wake, uh, in that instance, wake up from a dream, and they will need to go to somebody who understands restoring the astral balance or the emotional balance because they have actually had an invasion, uh, what, what is termed a psychic attack, while in their astral uh, state, or, or rather while out of their body and, and in that sense, um, not, uh, not protected. And that only happens really if uh, there are karmic reasons that that might happen, if you see what I'm saying. It's not just something that's just going to happen. I, I don't want you, uh, anyone out there to think, oh, well, goodness me, you know, I'm, I'm all vulnerable when I go to sleep. Not at all. There are reasons. They are extreme situations. Um, but it is worth really understanding inside yourself that when you go to sleep, you call the angelic beings in. When you go into states of surrender where you're just lying down and inwardly you're allowing your astral body to basically go wandering, you call for your angelic beings to be there, your guides and helpers. If you do that, generally speaking, in your life, they will definitely be there anyway when you go to sleep. But it's just something for you to be aware of. The third kind of dream is, of course, again, similarly uh, intervention, but in a wondrous way that uh, beings of high uh, dimensionality can come in and bring you information, bring you clarification, even even prophecy, future events can come to you in the dream state. And there are many excellent mediums who work with dreams and who work with the spirit guides uh, in that sense, you could say in their sleep, but they learn to do it also in their waking hours. So there are uh, mechanisms by which you can become uh, like a trans medium in the, in the dream state. You don't bring the voice through, but you are effectively in a trance and being given dream visions by the spirits. So that is a form uh, very common in ancient times, probably the most common uh, uh, a form uh, of mediumship. 
And children often demonstrate this ability to bring through uh, knowledge from the beyond that comes directly, you could say, in a, in a, in a type of uh, hypnotic state. Okay. You will see their eyes just go slightly, and then they'll say something. So, uh, yes, those those are, uh, and, and very clearly, if you like, going into into a dream state where you receive healing, it doesn't always have to be a dramatic type of healing. It can just be that you go into a sleep state and you are healed, you are given energy, you rest, uh, and you, you, you are rejuvenated during your sleep. That's pretty much the best kind of sleep, I would say. Peace. Peace. And Mr. Fu, if you look at the earth plane right now, right throughout our culture, there's always discussion saying that, oh, it's a battle between good and evil. And it's reiterated throughout our culture for, for, I don't know, how many generations. And what I'm wondering is this. Do we live, metaphysically speaking, in a singularity or a duality where you have two forces, one inherently positive, one inherently dark, that are kind of pulling apart at each other to try to gain dominance? Or are, do we have a singularity where we have one collective spiritual being that drifts between periods of darkness and light? Peace. Peace. Singularity, it's perception that makes it dark and light. It is judgment in a sense that uh, you bring in because you have to understand what happens when, uh, if you like, the light stops shining and the dark becomes very dark and the acts become close to evil or even personify that uh, state of being. The state of being evil is really the state of being disconnected from the source. So although I say singularity, because the oneness is where everything is held, even that which is called evil, rather, is held on the edge, if you like, on the edge always between the worlds, that which you call evil, which is in fact a disconnection, it is where love cannot get in because there's no connection. And souls, believe it or not, seek out that experience. They go there. They have that experience. They always come back from it. So there is no soul that is permanently in that state. It is a constant flow, a constant movement, and it is all within the one. Hard though that may be for the human mind to understand that it is possible for there to be a God, if you like, some intelligence that could allow uh, the extremity of, uh, of terror, of pain, suffering, of uh, torture that is known about within your worlds and, and other worlds. Despite that fact, that is the choice. That is what each soul is given, the choice. The choice is the maker of the consciousness. Without choice, you would just be nothing. What would you be? Just 
just copycats. Hey, I, I go this way because, you know, the footsteps are all there. What is there? There's nothing. There's no evolution. There's no moving to and fro. There's nothing to do. Let's just, just, just well, why would you even start? And so the adventure of life, the extraordinary power and the beauty that you see is the result of the divine consciousness that is held always, always there, always available. But so is also the journey of disconnection, always available. And this is how it is and how it will always be. That even when we create these light centers that I say we create together, there will still be those who are coming to find us exhausted from their journey in those other realms because they wanted to learn that. They chose it. And that journey is on offer. It will always be on offer. Peace. Peace. And we have a question from a beautiful woman named Miss Julia Webb. I think you, you probably know. She wanted us to, to ask you, which I'm curious about, is who built the pyramids? Who actually, because it's strange, and if you look on the earth, like pyramids are built a certain way all across uh, various continents from civilizations that apparently had no uh, contact with each other, or at least according to the scientists down here, they, they said they can't figure out how they built these. So we're just curious who inspired and who built the pyramids. If you were. And so there are beings who came forward into the physical plane and who influenced the building of the pyramids in different ways in different cultures. We could say that these beings have always come forward from the the deities that are the Hathor, but they have come through at different times. These deities are from the Syrian dimension, and they have influenced so much of mathematics, of science, in very early times when it was really more linked to uh, understanding of the movements of the stars. The building of these monuments has always been connected to the presence, and you will see there will always be etchings, there will always be hieroglyphs that you will see the star beings there, the energy of the star beings, because there have been periods of presence upon the earth, beings of other dimensionality using science that has not survived because it has actually been taken away. I say hasn't survived. It's been removed for various reasons. I say various reasons. Again, I have to refer you back to the purpose of the Earth up to this point. Uh, that evolution upon the Earth has been specifically designed for the lessons uh, I talk about between the dark and the light, between uh, disconnection and a realignment with the source. The pyramids, the other monuments, the gateways, the portals, they are portals for those solar beings uh, uh, to actually come through and influence. And it's happening again. And all those portals you will find are being opened again. So the Hathor have a very strong uh, uh, lineage within the creation of portals within the earth plane. This is also connected with the Pleiadians and the arrival of these beings at this time 
is very much to do with the realignment of the portals to the new solar logos energy coming through at this time. And they work through human beings. So at this time, it is very much of a partnership between those deities coming through, re-energizing the portals, bringing back the information. The world will be a very different place once all of this is aligned. However, you know very well through, I'm sure, your readings and your understanding of uh, the era you have been in without mentioning any names and becoming specific nor creating any uh, magnetism around the subject, there have been opposing forces who have not wanted uh, the re-energizing of the grid and of the power sources and the portals uh, to whom it would be very detrimental and these uh, these races that have been assisting these beings have now been well, shall we say debarred, they cannot bring in their progeny anymore, they are infertile, they cannot continue to people the earth. And so those beings are, shall we say, rather on the decline. But it's not obvious yet, it will become obvious over the next 10, 20 years, and other uh, lineages of beings will start to multiply that bring in uh, this coded information and enable the grid to be unlocked and the earth uh, to be restored to be a place where you could say the gods, the goddesses can truly be felt, understood, and who can communicate again to the to the whole of humanity who are their people. Peace. <laughs> Greetings, Mr. Fu. Mr. Fu, it is with great pleasure and an honor to introduce you to three women who I, I hold so close to my heart. I love these women so much. And there's a fourth one who's, who wasn't able to make her call. Her name is Constance Dallas. But I want to introduce you to Miss Carrie O'Connor, Miss Laura Lynn, and Ms. Lisa Kanza. These are all individuals who appear on the Out of Limits of In Truth radio show. Uh, they are living angels among us. So without further ado, everyone, please meet Mr. Fu. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Mr. Fu. Goodness me. What a wonderful, wonderful array of colors you have, dear ones. <laughs> yes, they're all pretty amazing. And I wanted to offer it to you, Carrie, if you, Lisa, if you, Laura, if you have any questions, you might want to ask Mr. Fu. He's going to answer it. Uh, some questions. Where we've been talking for the last hour about certain things, about earth changes, about evolution, about growth. So if you guys have any questions, please feel free to ask Mr. Fu. May I ask one thing? Is Before you ask the question, just give me your name very clearly, dear one. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Peace. Okay. Um, Carrie, do you have any questions for Mr. Fu? Yes. Mr. Fu, I was wondering how a lot of my clients ask me to describe our multidimensional self, our higher self. How, how would you describe that to the humans? So the wonderful thing about your multidimensional self, beloved, is that exactly that. It's multidimensional. And 
describing it is certainly not your prerogative because mm -hmm. it's so individual to each person. So the thing to explain to this person, whoever they are, is that the ability to see, feel, sense your multidimensional self, mm -hmm. these are the muscles you need to create. And, mm -hmm. you know, you could describe your own multidimensional self to them, but really, although you're going to have an impression, you're going to know the colors, you're going to be able to feel their higher selves, what matters right. that they can. So, you know, if you in your clairvoyance or in your clairsentience have mm -hmm. a sense of their multidimensional self, you yeah. give it to them. That will be basically bouncing off your mirror, as you might be able to say. You know, for example, you might know that person really well, so you will be able to give them a really strong sense of the colors of their their high essence. On the other mm -hmm. hand, they might be someone new to you, and so you would be listening in at a soul level, and mm -hmm. you might just get a, a few wisps of an idea of, of them. But the point is, beloved, when they ask you, can you describe my multidimensional self? The most mm -hmm. important thing to say is, it is the most beautiful being you could possibly ever imagine, and slightly more. Oh, it is that you. that they need to know. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr. Phil. Okay. Peace. 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 And uh, Miss Lynn or Miss Kazu, do you guys have any questions for Mr. Phil? I, I do, um, Mr. Fu, this is Lisa. Um, I actually have two questions, if that's okay, but my first one is I've noticed over the years the amount of um, incidents in relation to so many people being diagnosed with cancer, and I can't help but wonder if there is something more spiritually reflected in this dramatic rise because many years ago you did not see this this amount of people being diagnosed with such things as cancer is there something that we should be learning from this is something that we can do to help avoid all of these diagnoses from occurring east un first to say there are so many possible reasons for cancer there is a predisposition within the individual there is an emotional state there are genetic factors but there are also many physical, atmospheric, environmental, situational uh, uh, reasons why a person might get cancer. So there are all those factors. Having said that, cancer is, uh, I'm sure you have worked that out for yourselves, it is a great teacher in your time. Uh, you will always find that beings who are around someone who is consciously journeying with cancer find themselves in a state of, uh, of revelation a lot of the time. They are receiving extraordinary teachings from their higher self because they are having to reach, they are having to go beyond the bounds of where they've ever been before. And it is in that reaching, in that stretching within the consciousness, it is in the meeting of a fear which maybe they, they just never thought they would have to meet or they didn't even know it was there, most likely of all. It is in this, uh, this arrival of, uh, you can feel it, there, there's a presence, the cancer arrives, like the, you know, you could almost say like the angel of death, except that it's not always death at all these days. In fact, 
there are many beings surviving cancer now, and more and more this will be the case. The survival of cancer will become the new paradigm as you all come to understand why, as you say, why. This is what you are asking as healers. We want to know why. And that's so important that you are leading the consciousness to understand why. And the why is because, yes, if humanity will not look at the deep, dark truth of the guilt, the shame, the blame, the ancestral load coming down through the generations, whether it's coming down as pollution and atmospheric uh, heaviness, or whether it's coming down as, uh, as the pollution of mind, of heart, of, uh, of pain in, in the emotional uh, and mental body, or even as physical uh, conditions of weakness, of uh, genetic weakness, in that sense, it is still the same uh, central paradigm, which is unowned uh, negativities, uh, places of fear and guilt and shame within within the bloodlines that that just have not been able to be met yet for one reason or another. And so, always the first stop is the, the first uh, point of of consideration is. Uh, what is this person carrying, first of all, immediately in terms of the immediate emotional situation and then in their past in terms of what they've been through in their lives, having taken, as I said, into consideration all the physical and situational factors, and then you go back and you look at the ancestral heritage, you look at it physically, emotionally, spiritually, and very often you can hugely increase the life expectancy, if not completely cure the cancer, with a combination of approaches. <clears throat> the cancer actually doing, taking up the space that, that for whatever reason, uh, you have not been able to take up, either because you didn't know it was there, that you haven't become fully present inside your consciousness. You're not holding the energy of your being. You're not owning everything. You're not going to the bottom. You're not, you know, for whatever reason, that person who, who is has been awoken by the presence of cancer, uh, that's the reason they, there's something they need to look at, and that that being, that energetic, comes in. And very often what it will do is, is because you understand the, the dynamic of the cancer is, oh, here's another empty cell, multiply. Let's go in there. Oh, look, here's some more space. We can go in there. Let's go. Let's move, 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 move. It's, it's going really fast because by the time cancer comes in, uh, there's already been a process of denial, uh, of refusal, of shutdown, or of some kind of illness that has not been fully uh, understood or met. Peace. Does that help? Yes, thank you so much, Mr. Fu. Peace. Peace. My, my second question is not necessarily spiritually related. It's a question I think that if I had the ability, I would probably ask every... Uh, uh, spiritual being this question um, I often wonder how you think of the world today when you look down upon us and you see all the changes in terms of technology the gadgets that we have the, the music the clothes that we wear the attitudes of the day I just often wonder how you feel about all these these changes are they good are they bad what what's your reaction to to all the the changes over the centuries peace 
Yes, beloved. Don't forget, I was there for some changes during a few centuries indeed. And I, uh, I have seen uh, many destructive epochs and I had seen lack of consciousness and I had been part of evolution. And so, uh, yes, coming back, uh, f f first thing first, I don't look down because the truth is I, I, I look across because I come in. And all the beings, we come in. We don't look down. There isn't an up and a down as such. There is just in. And we are coming to be in with you, to be there with you. There is no judgment. Judgment is, uh, is part of fear, is part of separation. We are not separate. We are coming in because we are one, beloved. And all the changes that occur that you had a slight, you know, there was a little squint in your voice, a little, a little ah, here, there in your voice. And those are the places where you can feel uh, some of the garb, some of the, the styles, some of the expressions in your culture uh, are exhibiting uh, separation from the source, are exhibiting no love, no kindness, are exhibiting harshness, uh, negativity, uh, and and these things are, are in, in that way, uh, you're experiencing them as hurtful and harmful. This is what I, I sense from what you are saying. The thing yes. to remember, beloved, see, is that uh, everything is evolving together. There's no separation, uh, even though, you know, I just said, yes, well, those aspects are, are, are experiencing separation. They're, that's their consciousness. They, they are not separate. They are held. All of evolution is held within what you could call the great embrace, the vast universe, which is even vaster than, shall we say, discovery or science has identified. It, it, it is beyond this kind of thinking, if you like, of good or bad, or, oh, that dress is too short, I can see, you know, I can see the buttocks, you know, or, <laughs> oh, 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 dear, that, that, that woman hasn't got anything on her top, I can see her breasts flopping around in the wind, that's very bad, you know. <laughs> These thoughts do not occur to us, beloved, uh, because we're not living in that paradigm, and there is indeed no judgment within the conscious beings. What we are looking at, or what we are partaking in is uh, is your state, if you like, of lovingness within your heart because the reality is breasts are very beautiful and so are buttocks, beloved. And if someone <laughs> wants to wave them around in the wind, you know, the truth is they should be free to do so. The fact that they are not is, is, is an interesting discussion that, as you say, uh, it, it has all got quite complicated in your culture. And so uh, there are many things to discuss in regards to style of clothing that would have nothing to do with good or bad, in truth, in Chung Fu's view. And so I say to you, beloved, well done for being incarnate. And I often say it to, to all the beloveds I, I walk with and work with is, you know, it's a brave thing to take a life at such a time. All of you who are incarnate at this time, you are either, you know, fast asleep, and sleeping through it, and I don't want to see it, and I just, I, I just go back and go back to sleep and get up and go back to sleep. Or you are wide awake and you are brave, you are courageous, you are fully informed, and you are warriors indeed in that sense of peace, of truth, love, and you are bringing the light in. So you are wonderful beings. 
whether you dress uh, risque or, uh, or in that sense conservative does not concern me. What concerns me is that if you dress risque, you're going to go out into all the worlds of those who dress risque and you're going to pass the light there. Wonderful. And if you dress any other way, you will be received into those circles and they are everywhere uh, different human beings that need to receive the love and the light from the divine source. Peace. Thank you, Mr. Fear. That was very, uh, very profound teaching. Thank you so much. Okay. Peace. Peace and blessings, and may I say to you, you are an excellent teacher, beloved. They are lucky who come to you. Blessings and peace. Thank you. Blessings to you too, Mr. Fu. Miss Laura Lynn, Miss, do you have a question for Mr. Fu? Yes, I do, and thank you so much for bringing your energy and consciousness to us to share your beauty. I, we truly appreciate it. I have a concern with uh, bees and the monarchs monarch butterflies that are dying in a very, very rapid rate. And, you know, we do have our ideas of what it's from and, you know, the chemicals and uh, the pesticides that that certain corporations are using, uh, you know, and the, the food that's being genetically modified. What my concern is and what I'm wondering if you could uh, maybe perhaps channel is the spirit of the butterfly or the bee or maybe both the creatures on what their cry out might be. And my, my, my impression is from this question is that your voice through this channel could hopefully raise the vibration so that other people may understand and, you know, be alerted or maybe I'm, you know, on the wrong pace here, but if you could have uh, your ideas towards this and what you're fielding, I would truly appreciate it. Thank you. Peace. Peace to you. And, and the butterfly deva and the bee deva uh, really thank you for your uh, love and concern. They need you. They need you to, to put this message out. Do not hold back. Do not think, oh, I'm a little over the top. I, 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 I'm a little obsessed here. No, be obsessed. And... Do what you can to bring awareness to all people regarding the decimation of the actual earth itself. And what I mean by that is the actual stuff you pick up in your hand and what it contains, the actual actual uh, humus, the earth. Because what's happening is a, a gradual deterioration in some parts of the world more than others. And uh, the areas you're talking about, I can literally see them. They are, they are like poison fields for these uh, butterflies and bees. Uh, it is not just the pesticides of now. It is the pesticides of the past. This is the exhaustion of the earth. If you feel the earth, I'm sure you do when you walk in those places. It's kind of devoid of presence in those places. Everything has been stripped the life force of the earth, only on the top, I may add, rapidly add to you, only the top layer, but nevertheless, the top layer is where the humans live, the animals live, the bees, the butterflies, and the birds. And of course, it's uh, the toxins go pouring off into the waters in those areas, and there are huge areas 
uh, where where these toxins have had a, a, a truly a disastrous effect. We're nothing short of leaving the area, leaving it to go wild for 10 years is going to actually cure that area. And we're constantly more and more... Uh, substances, chemical substances on top of the others, on top of the others, because of the crisis of the fact that that, that that top layer of the earth in those areas is actually dead. It's technically got nothing in it. It's empty. And so there's no nutrition. There's no energy. There's no prana. There's nothing for the plants to feed on that's real either. So it is technically... Uh, uh, running on uh, 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 a non-beneficent energy, shall we say that. It's being driven. And it can't last. It won't last. And uh, in some places, um, uh, you see, what happens is people like yourself do an unaccountably important job by bringing consciousness. The other thing that has to happen, and there are people working on this, most of them have to work uh, distance work because if they went and walked on those fields, they'd probably literally get physically shot. But walking on the fields would be the thing for spirit workers to go onto the fields, do ceremony, and actually call the spirit of uh, of the earth uh, back into into small areas so that the grid, because the grid gets broken and it has to reattach right underneath the earth. And so the earth workers work across the world and they work above the earth and below. And this layer on top, it's like a sick layer that is gradually penetrated then by those lines of light that come up from below and down from above and eventually cause changes such as, you know, often it's actually disease in the families, in the actual people that finally put a stop to it. So I say all this to you, beloved, because I share uh, the awareness with you and with the whole world here that this requires action from human beings uh, and to pull back these areas of devastation in your world, of deforestation, of the controlling of the plant life with chemicals. Uh, all of this has to come to an end. Literally, it has to come to an end. And the restoration of organic life upon the earth is, uh, of course you all know this, you who, to whom I'm speaking, but I'm sure there are those who just need encouragement in their work that are trying to really uh, bring this understanding to the world. And so I say to you all out there who are working to restore the balance of health, literally, in the earth itself there, I say to you all a great thanks, a huge thanks from the heart of the earth, from the heart of the earth beings, the elementals who live uh, and who are driven away from uh, those areas, who live inside earth, who live in the plants, who live in the trees. Uh, it is so important that human beings bring this awareness, act upon it, and do everything you can to restore the health of the earth, especially in these surface areas. And then there's, of course, the subject of uh, areas where there is actual penetration deep uh, into, the, uh, into the rock, into the heart of the earth, and only a certain amount of that can be sustained by the earth. Peace. 
thank you, Mr. Chu. That was exquisite words, and plant people, thank you, too. I, I'm in tears. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. Peace and blessings to you all. Carrie, Carrie Lisa, Laura, do you guys have one more question we, you'd like to ask Mr. Fu? Uh, well, I'll, I'll ask. This is Lisa. Um, if Mr. Fu might have any um, specific guidance for... Uh, Carrie or Laura or Ryan or myself with regards to what whatever you feel the need that we need to know at this time. Peace, beloved ones. You are uh, combining your energies together here. In, I talk about this particular project that I am also uh, joining together with you on today, which is to put out into the world some words of truth that can be understood by people. And, you know, these words of truth, you are all very good at it. You are all wonderful communicators. And I say to you, well done. Well done for creating a channel through which your truth can go out into the world. The more people that can stand up, that can open portals to deep understanding that is beyond the mind, the more people that can open the hearts of so many souls to what lies within the potential of the human being, the vast possibilities, the fact that you do not have to lie down and take it, that you can sit up, stand up within yourself, that you can change yourself. You can change yourself at a deep level to become every single one a pure vessel of the light that it is in that inner sense that you can join together. You don't even have to have a society. It's wonderful if you do, and clearly you do right there, all of you. You are creating that society of intention and power that comes when people come together. But I say to all of you across the world, you can come together on the inside. We are creating and others who are from the white brotherhood, who are amongst you all, and from the white sisterhood, and from all the companies of men and women who are dedicated and devoted to transformation and change within your world. You can come together. You have an extraordinary facility, which we are using right here, a telephone, an Internet. Through these lines of light, you can see what already exists. You see, you are all connected. You do not have to feel separate. However, in this program, you come together and you hear each other's voices. And this is the most important thing. Know that you are not alone. We are here with you. The spirit beings who come to empower you in your projects, in your wonderful intentions to change your world, to become a world of love, peace, harmony, and light of truth and well-being, of health, beauty. So remember us and call us in, dear ones. Call us in whether you call the archangels, the angels, the deities, the gods and goddesses, the beings who are your grandfathers and grandmothers, your guides, your helpers. Call us. We are the beings of light. We are in the spirit world and we are one breath away we are right there. We are here for you, just as you are there for us. We are 
one. We are one being together in your world at this time, bringing all this power and energy. And on that note, I will indeed say a prayer of thanks. I will say a prayer of thanks for you all and for all the beings, guides, helpers, for all the friends, family, relations, and ancestors right there around you who are already supporting you, loving you, spreading the word, making connections as if by magic. I give thanks for all the kind, healing words, for all the upliftment coming through all of you into the world today and in the ensuing days. I give thanks to the shining ones, the great ascended beings of the White Brother Sisterhood of the Soul, the angelic and archangelic beings, to the deities in all dimensions, the solar deities, to the solar logos, the Christ energy coming forward at this time, bringing the breath of the new creation. Each one of you giving a special task, a special light, a special understanding. Give thanks to all the beings of nature, to all the allies of the human soul walking in the worlds of light around each and every one. Giving thanks for all gifts and blessings coming forward for every one of you. For your highest good. Giving thanks for the overlighting protection of all who are on the path of light, for all who are giving forth their love. May love and blessings come to you, peace and grace, power and strength, inspiration, wisdom, healing and compassion of the all-in-one divine presence within. And may the living spirit that is within all things come forward, bringing into you the knowledge and experience of your inner beauty, of your soul's truth, of the power and confidence deep within you, bringing it forward to create joy, love, and deep understanding that is beyond the mind. Blessings in peace to you all. Blessings in peace. Blessings in peace unto you, Mr. Fu. Okay, everyone, that concludes tonight's edition of the Outer Limits of Inner Truth radio show. Very special thanks to Mr. Chung Fu, to Miss Sally and Miss Sophie Pullinger, and to our virtues, Miss Carrie O'Connor, Miss Laura Lynn, Miss Lisa Kaza, and the astrophenom, Miss Constellas. To learn more about the Outer Limits of Inner Truth radio show, please go to our website at OuterLimitsRadio.com. So the next time we meet, my friends, wishing upon you infinite peace, love, and beers. Take good care and have an unbelievable rest of the week.
The Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas is proud to present the Boots on the Boulevard Concert Series during Rodeo Week with Chase Rice, Lady Annabellum, Dwight Yoakam, and Justin Moore. Rodeo Week never sounded so good. With the best live country music at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas this December. Tickets on sale this Friday at 10 a.m. featuring Chase Rice, Lady Annabellum, Dwight Yoakam, and Justin Moore. More acts announced soon, but don't wait. Go to CosmopolitanLasVegas.com to book your experience. Boots on the Boulevard at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. The Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas is proud to present the Boots on the Boulevard Concert Series during Rodeo Week with Chase Rice, Lady Annabellum, Dwight Yoakam, and Justin Moore. Rodeo Week never sounded so good. With the best live country music at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas this December. Tickets on sale this Friday at 10 a.m. featuring Chase Rice, Lady Annabellum, Dwight Yoakam, and Justin Moore. More acts announced soon, but don't wait. Go to CosmopolitanLasVegas.com to book your experience. Boots on the Boulevard at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas.